Podcasting from the Pacific Northwest, the hipster, granola, tree-hugging, technology capital of the world. This is Don't Tell Mom, a podcast featuring multi-generational TV and movie talk from the slightly off mind of an uncle. I wish I hadn't drunk all that cough syrup this morning, you know? And his nephew. Later, dude. Pushing boundaries and helicopter mom buttons show after show. If you turn yourselves in now, you may escape a federal charge. Think that a movie is inappropriate for some audiences? <laughs> yep, we've probably watched Whoa, it. Somebody stepping a duck. And now here are your hosts, certified kid Ben and his goofy uncle Brett. Boys, what are you watching? Man, that gets me fired up. Me too. I'm loving this. Woo! I tell you what, it makes me want to put on some 70s bell bottoms and get oh, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds Welcome great. Welcome to Don't Tell Mom, episode six. The boys are back. This has only We're been back. a two-year hiatus as opposed yeah, to about, the three-year uh, from the last one. <laughs> about two years, yeah. What are you? Are you like are you in like college and married now, or no? Uh, I'm uh, getting there. Uh, I started high school this year. Uh, Holy it's been, cow! Yep, it's been a long, long time uh, since we started. When I was about what nine, eight, ten. Yeah. Yep. Well, our our fans have been clamoring to have more episodes. They can't get enough of Don't Tell Mom, and uh, we are back. And, We're back, uh, baby. The music that we are uh, listening to is um, from the movie that we're going to be reviewing. Let me take that Absolutely. down. All right. Bring in a little lovin' is the name of that song by Los. Yep, by uh, is it Los, Los Bravos. Uh huh. Los Bravos. Los Bravos. Oh wait, Los Banos Los... like is a is a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> the baño is the Los is Bravos the, is the crapper. Uh, <laughs> okay, lots of bravo. Oh, yes. yes. Uh, I yes. think they might have been one hit wonders that could potentially. Um, yeah, well, I've never welcome heard to of the them. podcast. My name is Brett, Uncle Brett. And you are Uncle Brett. And my name, I am Nephew Ben. <laughs> um, the why us? Oh, so why is this podcast? Well, the podcast, for those who are joining us for the first time in a while, it's all Uncle Jaboy's fault because your mother and my quasi-uncle, not official uncle, but he was an uncle, he's the guy who introduced oh, us to Oh, honorary uncle, yeah. Yeah, he's honorary. And he introduced us to, me, to movies that we probably shouldn't have been watching when we did. The classics like Stripes and Caddyshack. Yep. And that formed your mother and my love for movies in a big way. So Mine it's too. his fault Mine that we're too. doing this because she passed that on to you, and then now you're a movie hound. Absolutely. Right? Big movie buff. The why the the why us, why we love movies. We love theater, the stories that animate humanity and our small little place in the cosmos and the infinite creativity to be bigger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. How do you like that? Amen, brother. 
Uh, and then what is inappropriate? Good question. Why do we do, why do some movies work at multiple levels? Well, that's what Don't Tell Mom's all about, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. You're, you're so talkative, Ben. Oh, legal release. God, I'm supposed to talk. We have a legal release from Ben's mom, and we so so that we don't get in trouble. We have a legal release from Ben's mom. Yes, we do. And we also have total consciousness from the Dalai Lama. So we've got that going for us, which is nice. All right, Ben, what movie are we reviewing? We are reviewing Quentin Tarantino's ninth film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Ooh, fantastic. And uh, it was released in July of 2019. Yes, it was released in July of 2019. And uh, I'm just going to go out and say, Uncle Brett, I thoroughly love this movie. Now, uh, you and I haven't talked about it yet. So what do you think about it? Is that right? Yes, I, I love I love it. I don't know if you're going to like my opinion, but uh, it stars Leo, Brad Pitt, Margot uh-huh. Robbie. Yeah. Directed by Tarantino. Yes, my favorite filmmaker, by the way. It was made for just under uh, $100 million, $95 million. Huh, It made really? $389 in the U.S. Yeah. So it probably made another 200 or so 300 outside the u.s so it did pretty good as far as return on investment everybody loves tarantino so you think everybody loves tarantino i i I guarantee you my mother does not like uh, tarantino yeah your grandmother uh oh that reminds me that reminds me uh uh almost recently uh me and my brother, uh, Aiden, your other nephew, we were uh, at Grandma Grandpa's, uh, and we showed them the movie, or most of the movie, and uh, uh, Grandpa fell asleep, and Grandma didn't really like it, <laughs> which uh, didn't really surprise me. They just, they don't understand, I guess. Yeah. Yes, well, we got some awards for Brad Pitt and Best Production Design. Uh-huh. Golden Globes. Golden Globes. Um, okay, so, Ben. Yeah. I did not like... Well, so, the movie was fine. It was okay. It wasn't transcendent. It is definitely not Quentin Tarantino's best work by far. You did not... <laughs> it huh. was... I, I, what? So, tell me... Tell me a little bit about why you thought it was a really good movie. Well, first of all, this movie is important to me because it is the first Tarantino movie that I have seen in theaters uh, because I'm, I'm such a huge fan. I love Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, and Glorious Bastards. And I love his style. And his style... I think it thrives in this movie. The it, it's just everything about it. You know it's him, and I love that. I love, I love the dialogue. I thought this is his funniest movie, uh, in my opinion. Uh, I love the acting and the actors, the great cast, and I love all the characters. Is I just found it irresistible, and it. Uh, also, are we gonna be doing spoilers on this? episode 
Absolutely. Anybody who is listening, well, just say spoiler alert, and then they can tune out if they haven't. Be prepared. No, no, we're definitely spoiler alerting. Yes. Okay, so so fascinating. So this is fascinating, Ben, because so you you it really did it for you. So I found the dialogue to be very un-Tarantino-like because it wasn't as clever and witty as he normally is. It wasn't as fast-paced as it normally was. Um, it was there was one thing about it that was very Tarantino. Quentin has this way of he gets excited about a visual or a style or an era and then he goes and makes a movie now so for example he was really into samurai movies and he went and made kill bill right but but that was a brilliant piece of work and what didn't overtake it was his love of the japanese cinema part of it this one, I was, he obviously was in love with this Western movie era type of movie that the, the character Leo was playing was um, an actor for. And he was in love with the soundtrack of this movie, but, but he forgot to go any further. The yes. whole movie is just me watching actors not saying Jack well, driving around town to a great soundtrack. But I'm not interested in that. <laughs> that's a great... That's a great criticism. Uh, uh, okay, well, this movie is... Uh, okay, I remember seeing the trailer, uh, <clears throat> the first trailer for this movie. I was really excited, but when I saw it, I wasn't really, I wasn't disappointed. I just thought, this is so right. different, and that's what I love. I love that filmmakers do that. Like, a filmmaker doing something different is always amazing. But yeah, this movie, it's it's more of a comedy where uh, Kill Bill is more action oriented and maybe even pulp fiction is uh this movie it's just it's a comedy which that's how i that's how i perceive it and you say yeah you say kill bill is he loves samurai movies and stuff like django unchained and hateful eight that's westerns he loves western uh in this movie this is what everyone says this movie is about movies. It's about his love for movies and how everything works and all that. And I, I, I just really like, it was different. And that's what I really liked about it and how he uh, shows how the actors and directors work. It, it, I just, it was just very, very cool to see. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I can, yeah, I can, I can get that. Well, let's start at the top. First of all, I thought Leo DiCaprio was very good. He wasn't, he, he actually was the character. I, I was able to see not just Leo, but him. Yeah. I loved it. And, and that for me, it was his, that speech impediment. Like he has a little bit of a speech impediment as the person. And, but he never, but you never see it in the acting, which I thought was really, yeah, I noticed that too. It was really clever on Leo's part. Yeah. He's acting as an actor. So the next thing I noticed was Brad, 
is he his character goes to his trailer to feed his dog. Okay. Oh God, I if love that. If he fed that that if he fed that pit bull that much food on a daily basis, that pit bull would be fat as crap. <laughs> Two giant things oh, of, yeah. do- of of canned dog food and like half a bag in the corner. I thought that was kind of funny because there's no way he'd feed that dog that much. Oh, that was really funny. Yeah. Um, I the odd driving sequences, like I said, I thought were crazy. Um, wait a minute, did you catch this? When Roman Polanski is heading out with Margot in that one scene, did you notice that he's wearing a full-on yeah. Austin Powers crushed blue velvet outfit yeah. with matching <laughs> white God. shirt? Yeah, I, I always... Yeah, in my... Uh, all the other times... I've seen this movie multiple times, obviously. But in the other times I've seen it, I totally see that. And it's really funny. He's got the hilarious the the blouse and he's got it's all poofy <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad you i'm glad you uh glad you saw that and i desperately want to know was that on purpose like i i would love to know with tarantino like was that on purpose because it's frighteningly close right oh it probably was um oh, quentin's the, smart the, enough to know that yeah of course it was on purpose yeah the, so the the vintage radio ads and the music that kind of sets each scene. So you hear a lot of the advertisements on the radio during the time and they're in the car plus the music. I mean, I, that, I liked that yeah. nuance to it. Again, I have to critique the fact that Quentin was so in love with having these old vintage radio sequences and 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 advertising and, and music that he would let it go on forever. And you're just like, I get it. It's an old radio sequence. I don't need to hear the whole thing. Well, <laughs> while I'm watching no dialogue happening. Well, there's a reason for that. It's because Quentin Tarantino, uh, grew up. This film takes place in 1969. That's a very important part of the movie is the setting. And, Quentin Tarantino grew up in that setting and it's basically it's basically it was his life like uh LA he lived in LA uh LA Boulevard and stuff and I could totally see why he showed all that I don't uh yeah but he's how well how old is Quentin he's in his 50s how is how old is Quentin yeah, he was, he's not much he was older born in the 60s me. he would he would have been born in the 60s he would have been yeah yeah, he, he was, would have been a young child. He had to have been a little kid at the time. So now he's known for doing like his backstory vignettes. But again, some of the backstory vignettes in this movie are so damn long, Ben. He like Brad is on the roof fixing the antenna, has a <laughs> has a looks off into the sky, and then for the next 15 minutes. We're getting backstory of what he's looking into the sky about. Now, granted, the Bruce the Bruce Lee scene. Right. Now, granted, the Bruce Lee scene is cool, and I love that they included Bruce yeah. and made him a jack wagon in it, which was funny. Oh yeah. But the vignette was so long. By the time they got back to Brad, who um says, Oh yeah, I guess that's why that guy <laughs> hates me. I was like, I'd forgotten why you'd looked off in the vignette in the first place. It was so long. <laughs> so uh, I, okay. I, I don't know. 
Hmm. Let me just let me just think about that for a moment. Okay. Uh, now that is actually one of my criticisms of the film. Uh, I could totally see this whole movie is uh, essentially build up for the ending, which you have to agree with me. The ending was amazing, right? Well, the so the ending of yeah, I mean, we'll get we'll get part. That. We'll get to that. You're definitely right. Everything is a build-up to the ending, and the ending is okay. very much more Tarantino-ish in its, oh, okay, I'm in a Tarantino film because there's a dog chomping on a guy's yeah. Okay, we're fine now. But um, but answer me this, Ben, before we get there, <laughs> right? What in God's name was the point of watching huh? Margot go to the movie theater, see that she's in the movie, get into the movie, and literally watch most of the movie with no connection to the plot whatsoever. That's a that's actually a criticism of mine. I, I understand a lot of this movie is essentially build up and the whole Margot okay, I'm glad Margot Robbie's in it. I'm glad that she is playing the actress Sharon Tate. I'm I'm happy about that. They definitely focus on that a bit too much when they sh- may have fo- should have focused on uh, uh, Leo's side, uh, who Rick Dalton. They should have focused on that a bit more right. and how he's struggling with acting and all that. Well, well, especially since Rick and so so Rick so Rick and his Rick and the and the stunt double, they're made up characters. They didn't exist. No, I I totally. I understand that, and that is... Obviously, Sharon Tate did exist as a person. And, of course, he's he's created, spoiler alert, an alternate ending to the real ending that happened in the in the scenario. Um, anyway, I just thought that was funny. I, I talked about the driving scene. It, I just felt, you know, it's, it's funny. Tarantino films, Ben, to me, are always fast-paced. And that's, They've got a that's, lot of that's why I love it. They pop from one thing to another. There's a lot of visuals coming at you. This one, oh. maybe it was on purpose for him, but it was slow as hell. It really drug on. Well, that, yeah, I could I could get behind that. Okay, wait a minute, Ben. Here's another question. So here's the, here's the final question I have before we talk about the ending here, right? So. Yeah. Hit me. Again, all of a sudden, out of the blue, there's a very long voiceover narration by Kurt Russell, who we already know is a part of a character in the movie, but has no connection to narrating the entire going to <laughs> yeah. um, Italy to do the Italian movies and back to fill in all of this backstory of why they're doing it. Cause the dialogue is not happening with the characters. And I, I just found that was odd. Like, why is Russell narrating this? He's the guy who hates these guys. It's it's a part of his style. I mean, you've seen uh, Inglorious Bastards, right? Of course. Okay. All right. Uh, so, first of all, that is one of my all-time favorite movies, and it's my favorite Tarantino movie. I always uh, thought it was weird. There is, a, I believe, one scene where in which it was narrated by Samuel L. Jackson, and it doesn't happen again. That's just to answer what you're saying. 
that's just a part of the style. I mean, if it happened in Inglorious Bastards, it could probably happen here. And I, I liked that it was uh, Kurt Russell's. Well, Kurt, yeah, but Kurt Russell was in the movie very briefly. But I mean, I'm glad he was in it. I glad he glad he did that. I'm glad he did what he did, and I I liked it. Yeah, but Samuel L. Jackson wasn't in Inglorious Bastards. He was just the narrator. That works. I don't want my narrator. Yeah, but in the... it was one scene. Yeah, I I just thought it was odd. Hmm. All right, so the finish. So this is obviously an alternate history hmm. finish because this is hmm. not the way the it went down in real life yeah. for the people. So I'm not sure why he felt he needed to do not it. Not the way that. Yeah, I I thought I thought the ending was more interesting. Um, well, we named this episode Charlie's Gonna Love You because that girl kept telling Brad, you know, Charlie is, as in Chuck, Charles Manson is going to really like oh, you. Oh, Charlie's going to dig you. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. And I ever, okay, seeing, seeing uh, Inglorious Bastards and knowing what they did there, what happened in that movie was they kill Hitler and they they kill a thousand Nazis and stuff. Uh, knowing that Tarantino likes that he likes getting the bad guy and seeing that Charlie Charles Manson was in the trailers and Sharon Tate is a character in this movie that made me really excited to see what was going to happen and what they're going to do. And I, I couldn't have been more pleased, honestly. Really? Yeah, I was, well, Again, really happy on that. it was an awful long setup to have Rick be in. It was an awful long setup, way like an hour and a half earlier in the movie, to have Rick learn how to use a blowtorch <laughs> yeah. for a movie to just happen to have it in his garage so that he can torch off one of the ladies in the pool yeah. who wouldn't shut up. And so I was glad he torched oh, her. But, yeah, and um, uh, well, yeah, you see. In, you see that he's got his flamethrower earlier in the movie. I guess that's foreshadowing. And I, I I still have to talk about the ending because I I saw this in the theaters and I was roaring. I was laughing. It was it was just so satisfying to see these psychopaths that were going to kill Sharon Tate and Roman Polanski. It was so satisfying to see them just get what they deserve and it was in the funniest and best way with the dog. And he, I love it. Cliff grabs the can of dog food and throws it at the girl's face and smashes her nose. And like you said, he has the flamethrower and right. It was just, it was total Tarantino and it's just great, great presentation. I thought it didn't. Oh yeah. That was, I mean, that whole scene with, yeah, that whole scene. Yeah, that whole scene was very Tarantino. Yeah. But but didn't it bother you that they didn't tell us any reason why they got the wrong house? No, 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 no. They got they got the right they, house. It's because okay. They didn't they didn't set that up at all. What? Yeah, they did. <laughs> okay. What happened was uh the Mansons they park on the driveway and Rick Dalton uh, is pissed off because their car is really loud and he tells them to to blow off. 
uh, they drive away and they're saying, "Hey, that's Rick Dalton." Blah blah. Let's. Right. They're saying like, "Let's go kill him." Stuff. So, yeah, it's what would happen if, if this really happened. Yeah, they would. They killed him. They they wanted to kill him. Well, no, they they went they went away. Their job that Charlie gave them was to go to the other house, not his house. They yeah. knew he's Rick, and they knew that he's yeah, not the I'm, target. So, he... no, they didn't. They didn't originally know it was Rick. They found out, and he was being an an a hole. And they they realized, let's just kill him. I there's there's nothing wrong with that. No, I think they were. No, I think you're missing that, Ben. I think they just didn't. They they just got the wrong house. But you know, no, they I got the right. They got the that. right house because Charlie went there, and hmm. um, well, it's because he's their neighbors. No, that's where the, the house they explicitly said they needed to go take on was the one that Margot Robbie is in, but and they missed that house. That was the alternate. This is this is this is this is what happens. Rick lives on a cul-de-sac, and in that cul-de-sac, there's a gate. That gate goes to uh, the Polanski and Sharon Tate's house, and it was yeah. And they Polanski's house. That's who they were supposed to go take out. But they don't talk about that. They don't say, oh, the gate's closed. This is where we're supposed to go. Well, we'll go over here and kill this guy anyway. Instead, none of that is set up. They just go into the wrong house. That's what, I was, that's what I'm saying. I think it, it's, it, it didn't connect for me on that. Okay, all right. Well, I don't know. You may have thought about it a bit too much. <laughs> okay. Right. Final question now right. before we, we go to ranking. So... Um, Brad Pitt won an Oscar for this movie. Okay? Now, don't get me wrong. I love Brad Pitt. But Brad Pitt played Brad Pitt in this movie. He was not... I I didn't find him compelling at all. Funny character, but, like, Oscar-worthy compared to the Oscar? Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Wait, I, uh, can you just repeat that? The connection isn't great. Now, just repeat repeat what you said. I didn't hear a lot of it. Br- Brad Pitt wins the Oscar for this. Yes, Brad Pitt. Uh, I, Brad Pitt okay, played I in this movie, Brad Pitt. He was not... It was... I didn't <laughs> see... I don't see what the big deal is. He was not uh, anything amazing. I, I honest, I mean, and I and I love okay, Brad okay. Pitt, but I I was like, this is okay. not Oscar worthy. Well, they focus on him a lot, and this this the character was so great, and I I'm I'm really glad he won because seeing him in the movie, he I think I think he stole the show honestly because I thought he was funny in the movie. He had a lot of great lines and a lot of great scenes, and. Obviously, he has the best scene in the movie, uh, which was the ending. Uh, yeah, it, I, I I understand that, but I I just thought he was very yeah. I thought he was very entertaining, and I understand you're talking about the whole performance part, and I do think it's a great performance. He and he was just really entertaining. He was entertaining to see and watch hmm. in the movie. 
Very good. All right. Well, how does this rank among yeah. the similar genre and time movies? Where are you putting this in the Quentin Tarantino rankings? Okay. Now, ranking it as a Tarantino movie, I'd put it, of all the movies he's written and directed, I'd put it somewhere somewhere in the middle. Because he has made better movies. And movies that I don't think are necessarily as good. But, uh... Yeah. Are we talking about the the don't tell mom part or the ranking it as a no this is just ranking like no i i agree with you i think um i think i would literally put it slightly above jackie brown as the worst movie and that's about it it was pretty it was was (laughs) low on my my totem um okay ranking popcorn buckets one to five yeah, ranking popcorn buckets. Okay. One to five. One okay. is tell mom. One to five. Five is do whatever you do, don't tell mom. <laughs> okay, this movie, let me think. This movie was really violent. Lots and lots of profanity. Uh, uh, drugs, uh, alcohol, all that stuff. I would probably give it, yeah. you would- oh, this is a little tricky. I'd, uh, I think I'd give it maybe a four or, yeah, I'd say a th- in between a right. 3.75 or a four. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd say four. That's good. I'd say that's true. I'd say, I'll even do this, Ben. I'd give it a one. You can tell mom all you like, and she can watch all of it except for the last 10 minutes. And then... <laughs> Give it a four, four and a half. Yeah. For the for the last ten minutes, because nobody watching the first part of this movie is gonna know what happens in the last ten minutes, which is totally Tarantino. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right? I like I like your thinking. I like your thinking. All right, Ben. Well, yeah. we love we love many things, but we did not love this movie the same. That's for sure. Right. <laughs> well. All right, what next? What we're on to next is the next episode, and we'll decide what that's going to be and announce it, right? Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us all. Find us on iTunes and don't tell mom at podbean.com. Yeah. Until next time, mm-hmm. may your rentals never be late, your streaming be in high def, and your mom not catch you watching something awesome. We out of here. We out. Thanks for listening to Don't Tell Mom with Brett and Ben. We hope you enjoyed our show and didn't go blabbing to mom. Please pass along our podcast web address, donttellmom.podbean.com, or find us on iTunes. Be sure to check out our archive section on the Podbean site for previous episodes. This has been a Man Cup production. Hey, hey, come here. I told you, dude, keep this on the down low with mom.